Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. back baby that's it we're doing this weekly joint for all y'all because guess what i because we wanted to so we're doing it weekly it is me Dimitri zerdos the man who loves jack ransom it says jack ransom is my spirit animal he really he is he's probably the best number one in all of starfleet so sorry will Riker. you're only number two to jack ransom but I'm not here alone in the Academy. No, 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 no. I'm joined by my man, the Sinister Minister, the Dabod God, the man who loves New Japan Pro Wrestling, even though it's some crappy wrestling and they don't sell shit. It is my man, John Enright. Johnny, how you doing, brother? Woo! Well, I don't know. I've seen I've seen their uh I've seen New Japan sales of things and they sell a lot of shit. They sell a lot of shit. Uh I've spent $70 on a towel. So yeah, that's 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 the only <laughs> shit that they sell. They sell lots of merch. That's for nothing sure. in the ring. <laughs> yeah, no, no, everything's good, man. Uh, it's been a good week. It's uh, we're wrapping up Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Thank God, everything has been super busy. Gee, man, that's man, that's that's heavy, bro. It is, and so today's so. denim day. So you know, you had to wear your denim to show support for sexual assault. Uh, because in 1999, an Italian Supreme Court overruled someone's uh rape conviction because said the one said the woman was wearing jeans that were too tight so are you in a, serious yes yes so in protest uh, uh, that organizations um got it overturned again but they all wore denim to show that it's you know it doesn't matter what you wear as a matter of fact there is i forget where it is but they sh- there's a either a museum or a display or some kind of place where they show different outfits of of what women were wearing when they were raped and to say like it doesn't matter it doesn't no, matter what, no, what they were wearing no. you know so that's but that's the point of denim day and then tomorrow we have our it's also national crime victims rights week so we have a massive vigil tomorrow um that we're doing and we will release butterflies for victims oh, of crime man. so we've got uh you know because there, there's this uh, old uh Native American adage that if you whisper a prayer to the butterfly, it'll be released and release it. It'll go to God and God will hear it. So okay. that's the cool, you know, we're going to, so we'll be doing that tomorrow evening, um, which will be nice uh, around six o'clock here in Weatherford um, at a local museum. Um, and so that'll be fun doing that. And then that'll be it for the, whew, that'll be it for the month, man, for me. And good. be able to kind of chill out a little bit. Yeah, um, man, because I mean, that's, that's heavy yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, it is. Stuff. But I also will find out next week because I did. Uh, I did have a job interview for. Uh, yeah, job. I remember you saying that. And then I had a second interview, which went well. So then I find Wonderful. out. I find out May in the first week of May if I got the job, which would be automatic. Their minimum pay is automatically 
I think eleven or twelve grand more than what I'm making now. That's that's quite a that's quite a jump, brother. And it's less it's less uh, like it's it's just a narrow. It would be basically doing presentations in schools for huh. middle secondary uh, middle schools and high schools in an ISD just south of Fort Worth. So um, and apparently this organization has a really good in with that ISD. So they actually office in the ISD. So it's oh, wow. like, okay, they're, they're really hooked up. So it actually works out really well too, because with them hiring at the end of May, coming into summer, that gives me the opportunity for the summer to learn the curriculum, to prepare for the school year, to, you know, make it my own. So uh, good, that'll That's be, good. that'll be cool. So we'll find out. We'll see. Um, it'd be great to get the job because it's more scale in the end of the day, as they say, but you know, <laughs> Uh, to quote to to quote my man Papa Don, you yeah. get more Scott all yeah Scott exactly all. try yeah you know and but you know it is a little bit further drive but I mean the hours are like seven thirty in the morning to three thirty in the afternoon oh that's you know I I would do six presentations because they do a seven hour period out, out there so six presentations with a lunch off period for whenever one of the teachers has their lunch off so that would be. Really, really cool to be able to have that kind of schedule um, and be free for you know afternoon evenings. So, that's awesome, man. Um, so we'll see. You know, that's just kind of where we're at. Um, it would be packing up my office. It would mean obviously, you know, having to uh, you know make that move. But at the end of the day, if it works out and it's what's best for me and my son, you know, we're gonna do that. So you gotta do it, man. Yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. and, and and to me, it sounds less hours, more money. It's kind of a no brainer, you know. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, the hard part is what we've what we've built these last four years with these kids and this program. Um, but you know, just... but, but you, you know what the thing is though, you've built it, and you've given them. You know, you have given them the guideline on how to continue it. Mm-hmm. All they gotta do is just follow the guideline. I hope. I hope, I hope, you know, that's, that's, that's the hope is, yeah. you know, they, they, that it doesn't, you know, fall apart because we leave, you know, but we've done everything we can. We have it set up to where whoever comes in can, can do this job. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, but I just, you know, like I said, next, next week's going to be a big week for me to find out what's going on. So, yeah, it's, you know, so I don't know. I thought it went well. The second interview was a presentation on hand washing that we had to do. Yeah. Like, you know, the sell sell this broom to me kind of WWE does. Yeah. You know, it was like 10 to 15 minutes on hand washing. Um, and so I did a really fun deal where we had, you know, we, I went on a road trip for hand washing with different stops along the way. And of course, to start, she was like, hey, when you, what's your longest road trip? And somebody answered the question. So I threw a piece of candy and I was like, Oh, yeah, by the way, when you're on a road trip, you have to have snacks. So we're going to have snacks throughout the way where if you answer questions, you're going to get a snack for our road trip. And so then all three of the people who were involved were, you know, on board. And I geared it towards middle school, kind of middle school, high school kind of age. So I, I, I shot a little younger for the middle school, like probably like seventh grade, eighth grade. Okay. Um, but the, you can just make a few adjustments to, to make it high school. That was yeah. the really cool part about it. Oh, that's awesome about the presentation they're like i like that like you, you i can see where you can make some changes and you could take this and use it as a as a high school presentation so that was they were like okay that's impressive they liked the interaction they liked you know how i did everything and and just you know it brought about 
you know, just the different things, the slides that I use, the animation to keep it going, stuff like that. So, you know, it was it was good. We'll see. Like I said, um, I feel like the 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 prevention supervisor plus my supervisor, who would be my supervisor, I feel like they both liked really liked me already from the interview before and this That's one. good. That's and good. And then the other person I felt like who was the other presenter felt like I felt like she was like really impressed. So Oh, that's good, brother. That's good. We'll man. see. We'll see. It's it's one of those things. I'm not counting my chickens before they're, they're hatched, but you know, it feels like a really good good thing. So we'll go from there. Outstanding. Um, it'll just it'll change uh kind of my my how I'm dating this lady that I've been dating for a while for about a month now. Um since we do lunch every day together. She works three minutes from here, from work for oh, me. And, yeah, that will change stuff. Three minutes from my house, but eh, she, uh, we, we're we'll make it work. It's it's. Oh yeah, we, we dig each other a lot. So as a matter that's fact, good, brother. As a matter of fact, Friday, you might be getting a picture from me because Friday, her and I are going to her coworker's house, and her coworker's husband has a is a big Star Trek fan. Really, he's listened, he's listened to the podcast a okay. couple of, and. Uh, he has all the different Star Trek wine collections. And, uh, uh, yeah. stuff. So you might be getting some pictures from me of, of oh. to show off a little bit of where I'm at. So uh, I know I know exactly what picture you're gonna send me. You're gonna send me the picture of you're gonna send me the picture of the bottle of lies and just sheer just deceit. Romulan ale, because Romulans are shameful, lifeful people, okay. They have no honor. Exactly. That is exactly what I. That's, that's my first picture. Romulan God, ale. Goddamn Romulans. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't said that in a while, have I? I know you have not. Yeah, yes, that's been a new one. Because we haven't talked about the Romulans. That's the reason why. That's right. And also, in case I think we should let this know now, um, we may, we may start doing some of these live. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because so, uh, as you're yeah. listening, <laughs> pay attention to the Hami Media channel. We may be going live with some of these things, so you know, be yeah. aware, be keep keeping an eye out. So if you're a big Star Trek fan, you can start joining us live. Yeah, um, but since you're not emailing us, you know, which you know is at the Academy HMG at Yahoo.com, you're not sending anything on Twitter at the Academy well, HMG well, or on well, Facebook. Well, well, you know, I, I can't call Twitter a cesspool anymore now. So well, yeah, since Elon Musk has bought since it. Elon Musk bought. Actually, there's bringing it back to track. There's a funny meme. Where it showed uh, Tucker Carlson and it showed uh, Elon Musk. You know, instead of Elon Musk, is Quark buys Twitter with gold pressed platinum. It's a picture of Quark be like, like on Elon Musk's body. All oh, guys, that's hilarious. Said, yeah, I got to send funny. you that meme. But yeah, that is good. So yeah, I mean, we should. I mean, if we do this live, I, I think it'll, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Get a chance to see the fans. You know, the fans get a chance to see both our sexy faces. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. that's it. You know, so. Yeah, and then the cool background, thanks to Money MacGyver. Yeah, I mean, we got to give credit to Money. I mean, this this background is Money. I mean, everything. He's got the Enterprise D in here. He's got mm-hmm. our logo. He's got a crawl saying, want to join the show with our email, all our social media. So, I mean, no, shout out to Money MacGyver. He is the man. He is the man. So, you know, uh, so be aware on that. Keep an eye on that. If we decide to go live some, maybe sometime. Just be ready. We'll tweet it out ahead of time, and then yeah, uh, you freaking marks. Yeah, be ready. So be ready because we're we're doing this for you. 
We don't do it for well, we do it no, for ourselves. We, do we like talking to yeah. we, we like to, but we don't mind incorporating you guys. Exactly, it, so, exactly. Yeah. You know, so not a full heel turn. That's kind of I'm kind of a tweener right now. Um <laughs> well, I'm a full heel anyway. To me, because I'm, right. I'm looking I'm looking forward to see how you can trigger me. So <laughs> yeah, I've kind of been lax on that. I mean <laughs> I know I've been kind of easing us into yeah, it you, a little you, bit. yeah, you haven't got me fired up yet. Yeah, no, I know. So I've been like, oh, okay. Um, so, uh, so again, shout out to Money MacGyver. Uh, we are going to, if you will, drop the bosun's whistle right here. And that is the call for everyone to pay attention to the news. So yes. first thing I got for you, your boy, Will Wheaton <laughs> has post nemesis West. He's a bitch. He's a bitch. And detailed Star Trek lower decks pitch. So. Um, oh God! Oh geez, what the what the hell, what yeah. the hell did he pitch? Okay, so even though he said he won't be a part of the Star Trek Next Generation reunion in season three of Picard, he has put a lot of thought into the fate of Wesley Crusher. Uh, speaking at a panel, nobody in cares Chicago, about Wesley Crusher. Yeah, shut up, Wesley. Uh, shut up, Wesley. Nobody which, cares. Did you see that he's he's put on Twitter like uh, I'm not I'm going to lock people who tell me shut up, Wesley, from now on. Or Patrick then, Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Which, just... Shut up, Will. Shut up, Will. <laughs> Dude, Patrick Stewart is legend, great. absolute yeah. legend. Uh, so, uh, so it, it's it's this idea, um, uh, and then uh, so he talks about you know you, he he's become a traveler to move through space and time by his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is what he says. He says one of the things that I and Wesley really have in common is that we're placed on paths without our consent or constellation. And then expected to ride that path all the way to the absolute end. What Wesley, a fucking jerk off. Oh yeah. my God. What a, Wesley was supposed to be a captain. And I was supposed to be this famous actor that would make you pay attention to my mom. And there was a moment in both of our existences where he, the character, and I, the person, said, This is just not right. I don't like this. I don't feel fulfilled here. This is it, this, <clears throat> pardon me. This is anything that I want to do. I got to go walk around a little bit and see what's important to me. Wesley, the character, did that, and I have no idea where he is at the moment. I know that he is in my head, but I have no idea where he is in Star Trek canon. I know where I am right now. Um, so, yeah. Um, it said, in Nemesis, he appeared in a lieutenant's uniform at the wedding of William Riker. I think, um, you know, uh, I don't remember that. I think it must have been a deleted scene. Because I don't remember seeing him. It, I, you know, there's like, there's it's it's almost it's almost like Bigfoot. There's like grainy footage and guys circle. Oh look, that was that was Wesley Crusher, Will Wheaton at at, at the wedding. I was like, now I'm trying watching the opening. What I mean, though the wedding scenes only is the thing worth a fucking nemesis, anyways. Yeah, yeah, and so who knows? He said, yeah. Um, he said uh, when he was asked, he met John Logan, the screenwriter for Nemesis. On the day I went to shoot that scene, I said, people are going to ask me, is Wesley a traveler or is Wesley a starfleet? He said, I'm going to let the audience decide what choice they want to to make because explaining it just takes too much time and a script that's already too long. And I was like, awesome. So here's what he thinks. I made the following choice. Wesley is, of course, a traveler. Wesley learned a very long time ago that space and time and thought are interconnected in ways and the vast majority of sentient beings do not understand and do not know how to utilize in its full context. And he has been then able to effectively be a time lord and kind of move through space and time. I have decided that whatever species you are from as a traveler, 
your physical body will continue to age at a normal rate that is consistent with your species of origin. As I said, I spent time thinking about this. I have been known to write my own fan fiction about my character. Whoa. Whoa. You write your own fan fiction about your own character. He's a jerk off. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Plain and simple. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, like, he thinks he, you know, oh, um, he thinks he's this big star. star. You're not. You're insignificant. I'm sorry. Right. You're, you're, you're not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Catherine Pulaski was a better character than, than Wesley Crusher. Seriously. Ooh. That's, that's hot a hot take. take. That's a hot take. It's a hot and... take. No, and, <laughs> and what the fuck? I mean, come on. You write fan fiction about yourself? Yeah. Bro, are you serious, bro? Come on, man. Yeah. So he talks about how, about how he would want to be there. Because I see the scene where he Picard is giving the speech. There's Crusher. And then you can see Wesley right next to him. But then there is a deleted scene with Wesley. Um, and so then his lower pet, his lower decks pitch. Um, and you know, as you can imagine, it's something I thought about. If you watch the radio, you've probably heard me make the not really a joke joke to the showrunners of the different series, just gently remind them that Wesley Crusher as a time lord can sort of be available for anyone in the series. Um, and so this is the idea just for fun, you know, what would watch Star Trek and just imagine what it could do if I could be there. Um, I would love to see Wesley on lower decks. The story is that Wesley just thinks Mariner is like super cool and just wants to impress Mariner so much. And Mariner could not have been more annoyed and just bored and unimpressed with this fucking guy. But Blimler is like, do you have any idea who was on the Cerritos? Blimler is running around like an incredibly excited dog. He's like, I can't believe it's happening. He just keeps inadvertently cock blocking Wesley. Now, Wesley isn't trying to have anything romantic with Mariner. He just wants her to think he's cool. That's all he cares about, and he just can't get it done. So, but uh, yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not. I'm not, uh, I'm not impressed. That sounds boring. It's it, it does sound boring. Yeah, you know? I, I I would get your take on this, but we all know how you feel about Will Wheaton. And well, um, I mean, it's it's it's. Listen, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's because you know, it's, it's because he's a woke progressive. No, it's not because of that. It's because he's a little bitch, and you and he when he clapped back at William Shatner. For something that that Shatner apologized for, and Shatner thought everything was water on the bridge, then he's going to snipe at Shatner like that, and because he thinks he's some big fucking character, dude, you're nothing. You're insignificant in the Star Trek lore, really. You're mm-hmm. more of an annoyance. You know, it's like you're not fucking. You're not a character like Worf. You're not not a character like Riker. Okay, you know I don't. You were only written there because Gene Roddenberry thought it'd be cool to have a young kid there. He kids to watch it, and the kids end up, you know, disliking you because you're annoying, and you're a whiny little bitch. Okay, later on in the series, especially when you became a traveler, you're a whiny little bitch. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> All right, so we got him going. We got Tristan Wesley Crusher. Come follow me on Twitter now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, all right, so uh, our next story is, uh, of course, Strange New Worlds is coming May 5th. So a lot of the crew are starting, uh, all the big characters are starting to speak out, interviews. There's a nice interview here on StarTrekMovie.com. Man, that is coming out soon. It's coming out in eight days. Yeah, May 5th. It's going to be crazy. Good. May uh, 5th. Not May so- 4th. No, because fuck that shit. That's for those yeah. other freaking yeah. sci-fi May shows. May fifth, we're taking back May. 
We're taking back May. So uh, Anson Mount, uh, which if you've never, if you, if you don't remember, he is Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen him on anything before, Helen Wheels is amazing. If you ever watch something, you see him in that. He is incredible. Him and Colin Mealy are just awesome in that show. Got to check it out. Um, so they ask a few questions. One is, how would you describe Pike's command style with his own crew? Which is a strange question because we really haven't seen him interact with the Enterprise crew. It's always been with Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says, I knew very few things, but I did know that every time a crew member walks through the doors of his office, the most important thing in the room is not Pike. It's not even necessarily the question. It's the crew member. He has to care about them above and beyond his own sense of self. That's why the existential crisis over learning his fate at the beginning of the series is not his own fear of death. It's can I continue to serve as captain when I'm dealing with this? Am I mm-hmm. going to be able to, to be responsible for hundreds of people who are going to serve under me dealing with this crisis? And how do we as people telling the story, not ignore that, but find a way through that? And that leads into further development of the character, which I found very interesting because yeah, no, that is like, interesting. like you and I've talked about before, how do they handle it? He knows what's going to happen to him. He knows yeah. his future. He knows what's going to happen. So he knows he's not going to die until much later. So is that you think well? That, I mean, he's he's not going to die. He's just going to be paralyzed. Well, we yeah, he know he knows his fate essentially. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, but even still, it's going to be after the fact that he's even done with the Enterprise. All right, so we're back. Sorry, we had a quick Sorry. pause, but yeah. we're good. Uh, so uh, it, it, I find it interesting because we know Anson Mount's not going to die uh, as a mm-hmm. character. We also know he's. A, I mean, I've enjoyed him as Pike. Um, I, I Excellent think he's, I think he's, he, he's been, you know, done with that. Um, they asked another question as a fan of the original series, you know, that the show was rife with allegories and it wasn't afraid of politics. Do you feel strange new worlds is more or less like that? Does it have a point of view on contemporary issues? And here's his response. I don't think it's our job to have a point of view. I think it's our job to raise questions. I think a TV show at its best can serve as a metaphorical platform to discuss other stuff that's going on right now. And you don't have a discussion if you're preaching. There is no way to have a discussion if you're preaching. The best thing that we can do is to raise questions, look at things in new facets, shedding a different line on it, and then entrusting that we've done enough to work to make it as shiny and interesting an object as possible. And trust the sense of curiosity that leads to the stars and our audience. And it will want to make us think more about these things. So a very interesting response there. Um, They're not preaching. They're not doing anything. It's It's the right response to have for everything when it comes to entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God for Anson Mount. Anson, I mean, whatever side of the aisle he's on, but that answer right there just was outstanding because... He's like, we're not going to ram this woke shit down your fucking throat. Yeah. We're not. You know, we're going to, you know, it's going to be up to you to decide. Yeah. I do know he is a little bit more left-leaning. Um, Most Hollywood types are anyways, but. Yeah. But, you know, I, I th- at least this, this sounds like he's more. Um, you know, um, I. He's more like probably moderate, you know, like leaning yeah. a little left, but a little more moderate. I kind of like me, I'm moderate, but I lean a little bit more right, you know, yeah. um, which, you know, 
I'm a libertarian, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I I would want to say I'm a libertarian, you know, but I'm not quite Ron Swanson yet. But the way the government's going, it's pushing me that. Oh, way. I'm full yeah. on Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, then they also asked the question of, uh, you had to take up the role that others have played before, like Jeffrey Hunter, who played Pike in the first pilot. What's it like taking up the mantle, the first recorded Star Trek captain? Um, and he says, while well, having a tremendous sense of responsibility of that role. I think a lot of people have thought what my greatest challenge is to live up to what has already been laid down. When in reality, if you think about it, not a whole lot was laid down. There's not a lot of material. And that was a different Pike in a different time of life. He was much younger, much more extensively in crisis young captain. And this is second act Pike. I just like to follow the writer's cues. The writers wanted to bring in somebody who's a bit more sure in his boots in a deep, deep into his experience. And so I really just followed that they were laying down the proverbial trail of breadcrumbs and continue to follow their cue even now. So, you know, I think he's right. You know, people yeah. are like, you know, he's playing a legacy character, but really there's what legacy we know, the pilot. Yeah. We know a little bit and from books. And the books, know. that's it, really. But like he said, that was a younger pipe. This is an older pipe. I mean, if you look at the pictures, he's, gray-haired he's you know a little bit more seasoned in what he's done like they said in discovery we wanted our best captain out there you know i mean that's what the admiral said that they they view him as their best captain you know he embodies all that is starfleet yeah and and so um i i you know to me that's not a that's not a unsure young person that we saw in the earlier stuff this is a Guy, he's got his shit together. He knows what he's Definitely doing. Definitely has his shit it, together. You know, especially if they're saying we want the enterprise away in case something happens, we have this lifeboat of what the what the Federation can embody, you know, out there. So that's mm-hmm. you know pretty interesting thing to see on that. So you know, um, you know, those are just some interesting questions from Anson Mount. So if you if you didn't know who he was, you get a little bit more about him now, um, and 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 just kind of. Maybe you like it a little bit more. It makes you want to watch Strange New Worlds. So no, um, I am like literally after hearing what he had to say, and that it's not going to be some you know preachy stuff where they're just going to ram stuff down your throat. I I am excited for that. I mm. really am, and I really haven't been watching Picard. I I don't know what it is, John. I just. It just seems to me, you know, that all that the new track, it just just doesn't get my motor running. You know, mm-hmm. like Strange New Worlds definitely get my motor running. Yeah. Um, Lower Decks got my motor running, as we're going to mm-hmm. discuss this. But Season 3 Discovery, it did. Season yeah. 1 of Picard, because it's Season 1 of Picard, and just to see what's going on. But Season 2, I, I mean, you've, I mean... Has it revved your motor up a little bit? I think season two, I liked it a lot better than it did season one, to be honest with you. I, you know, season one was super slow, super plotting. They've been a lot more, let's hit the ground running with season okay. two. You know, I, I think so. Because, right. you know, it took to like season episode five or six to kind of really put together everything that was going on. Whereas here, they hit the ground running. You know, we've got this new Borg queen who shows up. In a vagina-looking chip, let's, let's be honest. That's what it. This it is what it is. She and, came in a giant vagina. Yeah, and then, um, and then we had this alternate timeline. We find out some really cool things. I mean, 
this last episode, holy crap, they just revealed a whole bunch really? of stuff. Yeah. Um, stuff about Q. what episode is it? Episode eight. Episode eight that was in, in nine drops Thursday uh, tomorrow. So mm. yeah, mm. episode eight. They I mean stuff about Q, stuff about Guinan, stuff about Soong. I mean, it's it is you know some heavy stuff that's got dropped. There's another Soon character, yes. The original. How many, how many Soon characters can they fit into into well, Brett Spiner? Well, you gotta you gotta remember this is back there in 2024. I know, know, but it's just like, what was it? I I'll, I also have the um the meme where it's a CBS exec slams the head of Brett Spiner. We can fit so many soon characters in this. Yeah. In here. Oh my god. Oh yeah. No, but I mean that's you know, but they've done a great job of building everything to it. You know, uh, Gerardi and the poor queen. Um, the relationship there. Um, Rios and his you know thing. The expanding of Seven of Nine and um. Rafi and, and well, and I mean, I mean, at least, at least they're actually expanding their relationship instead of having just a little hand touch at the end of season one. Where I'm like, where's the build up to that? Right, and they show a little bit of that. They, I mean, they really address a lot of stuff, and so it's it's really good. It's gotten really really good. Right. But you know, you have the action, you have everything going on. They're moving the story along, and and you know, there's the whole business with Picard and his ancestor. Um, you know, the idea of the watcher and, and you know that same people's Gary Seven kind of thing. So, okay. you know, I mean, there's a lot of callbacks to the TOS things and TNG things. So it, there's enough for old school people like us to go, I see that, I see what you did there, kind of stuff to go, all right, I got you. And then, but also to go, all right, this is a cool story. I like what's happening. Now, granted. Is there stuff about you know how we treat illegal immigrants? Yes, there is a thing. You know, is there some other stuff that happens? Yes, but I think for the most part, it's not overly preachy. It's just you know, um, it, it, it's it's to the it's part of the story. Okay, you know, it, it makes right. sense. It makes sense in the story of what's going on. So, um, which once Picard season two ends, we'll break it down in more detail and we'll go over it. But you know, I've enjoyed it. I thought it's been good. Um, you know, for the most part, compared to season one. To me, season one was a lot slower. Took a lot longer to kind of put the story together and everything along those lines. So, well, I got some watching to do. Then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Especially with it's coming up now. Uh, I don't know if you knew knew this. Last month, the fifth, fifth official Star Trek cruise returned to port after a seven day voyage. Um, if you've never done this, they, they, apparently this is Star Trek: The Cruise is the fifth time it's 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 done this. It left oh, out of wow. Port Canaveral in February 26, 2022. And the event was set on the Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas vessel, a Voyager-class cruise ship. Voyager-class. Uh, yeah. Uh, Service in 2003. Um, they had three ports of call, Nassau, St. Thomas, and St. Martin. Um, and uh, like unlike the other times when the Mariner left Florida, this day all of its 1,600 cabins were filled with Star Trek fans. So the entire Holy thing. Holy shit. Yeah. It says the staff were wearing Starfleet uniforms. The wall art had been changed to portray Starfleet captains. The elevators oh. had been redressed to resemble turbo lifts. No. So towards the horizon, the ship's sound system played Star Trek themes by Jay Chataway and Jerry Goldsmith. Oh no! Oh my yes. god! So we uh, gotta we gotta do this, bro. Yeah. So they have. So they uh, they like they did like they, the sushi place, sushi bachelor. It was called Hikaru's Sushi and Hibachi. So Hikaru Sulu. Um, 
It's so it's, it's more than a convention. It's kind of like what they did with um, the experience at, at Vegas, the Star Trek experience, um, because you got the convention, but they they just turned the ship into an entire thing. Um, so you've got, uh, but you still have your cosplay. Um, so let's see. Further to help the, the track, uh, the Trek rapper put on the cruise ship. Normal crew Steve Knights have been replaced with Star Trek equivalents. The first evening, typically a very casual time, was dubbed Gorn's Toga Party, and passengers <laughs> went to the first parties and pub crawls wearing Trek-themed togas and pajamas. The following night... So- oh, my... No, I'm sorry. No, I, could yeah. not, I could not wear pajamas to a cruise. I yeah. Just, being out and about, I, I, just, I, just, I just couldn't. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, I had to be in a bond down in a sport coat. That's just me. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, by the way, the, the captains for the ship... Uh, were two captains this time this year, George Takei and Sonico Martin Green. Were, really, were you know, it's full of Trek celebrities, but they were considered the actors for the show, uh, the captains. Uh, but yeah, so you had Token Night the first night, the following night, frequently is a semi formal evening on a cruise, it was called the Roaring Holodeck. Guess where 1920s inspired costumes and as anything is possible on the holodeck, most added awesome. a Star Trek twist to their outfits. Formal night, often the 30 evening Kings Mirror Universe night. Wild makeup, armor, and sashes filled the ship as fans embarked upon an evening dressing. The glory of the Terran Empire. And for passengers seeking autographs and photo opportunities at Star Trek, the Cruise 5 had an impressive scheduling system. Because a cruise passenger list is considerably smaller than the attendance at most land-based conventions, getting something signed was a much quicker process with wait times generally under 15 minutes. Wow. They could bring their own items to be signed, purchase something from the Federation Trading Post gift shop, or have which, the celebrity. Let me tell you something. Whoever owns who who owns that 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 gift shop is it the cruise line? Uh, Royal, yeah, Royal Caribbean, I'm sure. Well, Caribbean. We'll tell you something. They they made some money in that gift shop. Let me yeah, yeah, yeah. Or have the celebrity sign the same photo uh, picture that was taken on the ship, thanks to an instant print digital photo and strategic scheduling of autograph sessions after photo ops. The autograph session and photo sessions are priced separately from the cruise accommodations. And then it says the cruise features something no regular convention can offer in the form of shore excursions, uh, which you have, you know, you could go Jeep tours, ATV, um, snorkeling, stuff like that. Um, And then, of course, you had um, basically all these different unique things that you could do, uh, you know, with the different characters and and, uh, actors and writers. Um, they, an example was Denise Crosby reading from her pandemic writing project, The Muses, a series of short stories that needs to work with themed around classical archetypes, child, mother, crone, etc. Um, but then you had sketch comedy bits. You had uh, uh, on Thursday evening, John DeLance produced a stage production of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World. Oh Adap- my God, that must have been so good. Yeah, adapted for stage. With a few props in the audience with too many cocktails, the cast included John Billingsley, Nana Visitor, Connor Trenier, and Robert Ricardo performed comedy in a wardrobe modified from their cruise wear. The result was the feeling Whoa. of seasoned actors doing what they do best, feeding off the creativity and energy and new life to whatever script they were given. Hold up. Man, they, they had some stars there on this cruise line. Yeah, Garrett Wayne, uh, you know, was uh, was known for being a first-rate MC at conventions around the world. Still an ensign. Yeah, uh, he did a stand-up comedy act, and oh god, I can just imagine. Called, he has he has one. It's called "You Have Two Working Feet," and he used it, and he apparently he did a great job with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
You know, and it says, as if the experience of Star Trek The Cruise wasn't fine enough, later that evening, fans gathered into the Royal Theater to watch the early showing of the season premiere of Star Trek Picard. This became more than a watch party, but the rest of the world still hours away from having access to the episode. Isa Barones welcomed the cruise passengers to the new season and remarked how wonderful it was to be able to hear the audience react in person rather than over Zoom. Isa was also joined by Picard actors Evan uh, Eva Gorin and John Delancey to introduce the new season to the audience, packed with the theater's 1,300 seats to greet the premiere with cheers and applause. Uh, so, yeah, so that there they say each cruise is getting bigger. And uh, yeah, man, it's you can. Uh, cabins are still available for the uh, let's see, Star Trek The Cruise 6 will depart from Los Angeles, California, February 24, 2023. Kate Mulgrew has agreed to be the Trek captain for the next event. Wow, joining her will be a number of Star Trek celebs from across the franchise, including Jonathan Frakes, Doug Jones, Terry Farrell, Robert Ricardo, Contraneer, and many more. Cabins are available, pricing at $19.80 per, per guest for new guests with a discount for returning. That's for new guests, a discount for returning cruisers. And you go to StarTrekRecruise.com for more information. So you probably you probably have to have the the jab probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sooner yeah. sooner sooner or later I'm gonna want to travel on these things. So I'm gonna have to get the fucking jab sooner or later. Uh it depends. I don't know if you, you have to or not. Um, well if I want to go to Greece, I probably gotta get it. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So another another thing that we've seen is you know Ethan Peck got interviewed, and one of the things he did to kind of get into Spock was he listened to Leonard Nimoy. He listened oh, to I recordings mean, and yeah. episodes and watched him and 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 just you know he basically you know embodied everything that was Leonard Nimoy to become the character of Spock. Which you know, I think you have to do because you're playing a legacy character like that. Yeah, you have to do what you can to emulate what Leonard Nimoy yeah. was. I know? thought I thought Ethan Pack did a great job as Spock. I really did too. Um, you know, and they asked how much has Spock as a character influenced you as a person, and he says Spock has influenced me so much. It's weird. I had to really look at myself when I was first cast in the role because I didn't know what I was auditioning for in the very beginning. And something I brought to it lent itself to the iteration of this character, and I needed to be better. Under, I needed to better understand that to become more self-aware, so that I can better control what I'm inputting into this performance. And in doing so, I learned so much about myself. I had to really grow in a profound way on a personal level, and therefore as an actor. So basically, um, you know, he he's learning basically how to go deeper so that he can control himself kind of like Spock would. Yeah. So uh, I, I find it very interesting. You know, I it's another, again, this is young Spock. You know, we're going to be, I know Spock's going to be getting married and, and which is, I'm lines. like, what, what is going on? But, you know, I mean, I know we're, we're going to, that's one of those things that again, we, we don't know a lot. We know about Spock from the original series on, mm-hmm. but again, it's like, I think that's the fun part is we're going to build more into some of these characters that we do know, like cadet Uhura. What was she like before getting to the, you know, we're going to see her here as a cadet, you know, I'm mm-hmm. liking those things, Captain Mabinga and nurse chapel. We're going to see them in their roles as, as we've heard them before. You know, I, I find it very interesting that we're going to see. Isn't, 
it, some of these names. You know? Now, now there's a controversy though with Strange New Worlds. Then they cast a new James T. Kirk as well. They did. Yes. Uh, they they cast. Uh, let's see. I had that the other day, and I meant to bring that up. Um, it's a young guy, like, but yeah. it's it's a super young Kirk. Like, well, yeah. Um, I mean, you got. <laughs> I mean, you can't have Shatner return as Kirk. Right. No, I'm. I'm just saying the guy they cast that is like. Yeah, it's super young. Super young. I, I I saw it somewhere, and I meant to bring it up, but. Um. So so is that going to be season two of Strange New Worlds then? Uh they I wasn't it wasn't very clear on on when he was going to make his appearance. Um but they did say they cast him. But I don't know if that's for season 1 or for season 2. So that would I, be I'm not be... seeing where it was. I I saw it like a week or two ago when we were coming back and I was like, "Oh, all right, there's a new Kirk." You know, cool. But so meta. If you saw him in season one, mm-hmm. absolutely, just yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, who knows? Who knows with this? With this, you know, what yeah. they're doing. So, um, so yeah. So there's a lot of interviews with a lot of these people. Uh, one interesting thing that we saw at the convention, <coughs> uh, Mission Chicago, that Star Trek Enterprise actor said season five would have crushed it, and. Uh, that they defended the uh, theme song. I like the Enterprise theme song. It's a good you know, theme song. It's a good theme song. I know people shit on it, but I like it. It's Fuck a good those one. people. Yeah, I mean, it's a good one to me, and I enjoyed it. But I think who one was more thing, the who is who is the actress that said that season five uh, would have crushed it? Oh, it was. Uh, let's see, Dominic Keating, Connor Trenier, and Anthony Montgomery. So uh, was it uh, Sato and? They were not in the in the. Oh, they oh, no, no, they were not. Uh, It was just those three. Oh, those three. Uh, Okay, yeah. Oh no, I I thought Enterprise really hit its stride in season four, and I. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was good. Oh, Oh, here we go. (laughs) That's my work phone. I'm I'm just turning it off. No worries. It wasn't a number that we recognized. No big deal. I get those all the time. We got the run-ins on on the phone. (laughs) I know. So all right, one more. We got two more stories here. One, LeVar Burton, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, LeVar Burton, he's going to receive a Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award for uh, you know for his work, um, obviously for reading Rainbow. Yeah. Is what it is. But, you know, he, uh, he has already had a dozen Daytime Emmy Awards, which I didn't know that, from reading Rainbow alone. Mm-hmm. He you know, ran for 21 seasons from 1983 to 2006. Uh, and he hosted all of them and was also the executive producer. Again, something I didn't know that. Wow. You know? And it says uh, PBS remixed some of Burton's Reading Rainbows um, as well. So, I mean, they've been around for a while. Um, and so he also re- received an award from the National Association of Broadcasters as well. Um, yeah, on Monday, as a matter of fact. Um, he, he was on with the first ever Inside Award from the Library of American Broadcasting Foundation. Um, for recognition of his extraordinary contributions in broadcasting history and American culture. So that's that's amazing. I mean, you know, Roots, LeVar Burton. Yeah, Roots, you know, yeah. Amazing, amazing thing for that. Um, he's going to, in that, he's going to receive that um, December 11th in Los Angeles. Um, so it's the uh, first ever Children's and Family Award, Emmy Award ceremony 
for the daytime as part of the daytime Emmys. So, um, you know, shout out to Laura Burton. And then, of course, he's come back for season three as Jordan mm-hmm. LaForge. Um, but, I mean, really, man, I, wow. A dozen daytime Emmys for wow. Rainbow. That's, that's a big trophy case to house all that hardware. Yeah. I mean, but deserving. If nothing, I mean, yeah. just, just for reading Rainbow alone. The I, I mean, I, I don't know when, if you were a kid. When I was a kid, I watched Reading Rainbow. I loved it. It was a great show. Um, if because I was I'm a big I I, I just went to a local public library that was having a sale. I picked up some books there. And then me and my son went to Half Price Books and um, goddamn solicitors. Fuckers. <laughs> oh, um, oh my god, botching the spot. I, I'm about to. You're about to see what I do to solicitors here in a minute. Fuckers. Uh, James, but, if that happens, keep it in the. No, oh, yeah. Keep it in. Keep oh, yeah. it in, baby. Work Don't it cut in, it dude. out. Yeah, we're not. Work uh, it in. Work it in. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing it. So, uh, so don't worry. Anything happens, we'll just fix it in post. We'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll do a live. Yeah. We'll do we'll a fuck it. We'll do a live. We'll do a live. So yeah. So uh, Levar Burton. I mean, you know, I, I don't. I don't see. I think. I think you know probably outside of Patrick Stewart, probably one of the top five. Most recognizable people outside oh, of, yeah, like, yeah. you know, uh, Patrick Stewart. I would say, I mean, obviously Shatner's one, Nimoy's two, Patrick Stewart's three. You got to have Burton in the top five of people, yeah, so who are Burton, recognizable outside of Star Trek. Burton, and then uh, who else would you have? Cool, that's a good question. George Takei, um, maybe George Takei. I would think he would be in, maybe in that top five. Um, Man, it's 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 tough. Yeah, it's because tough. I mean, because well, you think there's nobody really from DS Nine stood out. That was the beauty of the show. It yeah, was the entire cast. Of, yeah, it was the entire cast. It was the entire cast. Um, I would I would say I would you'd have to go Archer. You'd have to go um, Scott Bakula. Yeah, Scott Bakula. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you could say Bakula because of shows like Quantum Leap and he had he had, he was known ahead of time. Yeah, I think, he was. Known I think that was the first time they cast a captain who was known ahead of time. Yeah, you know, I mean that was a name. You know that was a name. Anson Mount was known, but he's not a name. Like you know, he's kind of like Kirk, and he's kind of like you know Shatner. He's kind of like Picard and, and yeah. Stewart. You know, um, I, I think Bakula was the first name that took over a captain. Yeah, like that. yeah, because it's crazy. Because I love Scott Bakula, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know. I get into Star Trek. I was like, "Whoa, he's got back there." Was it Star Trek? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, and he you played know? Captain Archer, which was absolutely crazy. Yeah, which was great though. I mean, he did a great job with it. I, oh, he did. I thought he was. Job. He was. Thought he was. He was so good. So, Levar Burton, I think, is that top five. You know, of people yeah, recognizable outside of outside of Star Trek. Um, you know, and if any of these stupid websites say different, then you know they're idiots. Um, they can you know, fuck off. Yeah. So, um, all right. Last thing that's going to tie into our main point today: uh, Lower Deck season two arrives on Blu-ray and DVD in July. Go buy it, you marks. Yeah, July twelfth. Awesome. If you don't have Paramount Plus and you're just stuck on having a DVD and Blu-ray, then uh, go July twelfth. You will be able to get, uh, you know, the new um, DVD. What um, they're going to have. There you go, boomers. There you go, yeah. boomers. Go buy the DVD, boomers. Now, here's what's on here. Um, they're gonna have. Uh, they're have. They're gonna have an. Af- they're they're gonna talk a little bit about season two Easter eggs, season two anim- animanet, 
Animat. I'm not going to say it. Fuck it. Uh, they're going to have audio commentary for episodes 202, 205, 207, 209. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. And so you can pre-order the Amazon now. Um, and so, I mean, with season two, you have um, Giant Head uh, Ransom. And uh, <laughs> you, know, you got so many great things, which uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's probably um, uh, what we're going to do. But all right, let's see. Um, oh, oh, this is no, this is sorry. There's there's one more thing I want to do. A couple more things before we go into it. Uh, star five star trick novels every fan should read. All right, okay. So, we're gonna see how you rate this list, Triple D, because I know you All read right. a lot of the books. So, okay. these are five according to star trek.com. All right, so it's a pretty big deal. Uh, number one, Star Trek Discovery Dead Endless by Dave Gallanter in 2019. So, they're saying this is one. Uh, the first pick is one of the more recent Star Trek novels based on Star Trek Discovery that spotlights the relationship between Paul Stamets and Hugh Culber, played by Anthony Rath and Wilson Cruz in the show, respectively. In his last book, the late Dave Gallanter, um, certainly deserves a quintessential Star Trek story, one that perfectly encapsulates Star Trek ethos. So they're saying that's the first book a, a new person should read. Okay, so that's number five. Uh, no. They're saying the, that's number one. The first pick. It's one of the more that's the first pick. So that to me is you're like the NFL draft is you know tomorrow. Pick number one. They're saying that's, that's like picking Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, dead end list is number one. Okay. All right. Um no, number two, the uh number two is Star Trek Coda Book Three, Oblivion's Gate. Um, I mean I would pick it because- the, the 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 Coda Book series, one, two, and three. That's what it should be. Yeah, and then uh which they mentioned. Um, which of course, the code of book three has the defiant on the cover, so of course, you know, yes. I might pick it up. No, that, uh, that John, yeah. believe me, that book was amazing, man. Yes, and they said you should probably read the first two entries in this amazing trilogy Moments of Sunder and The Actors of Tomorrow first, but the third book is extra special. Oblivion's Gate served as the final word in the long running so called Trek, Trek novel verse or lit verse collection of non-canonical books by numerous authors since 2005 that deeply expanded the adventures of familiar and new characters in the Star Trek universe. Therefore, Oblivion's Gate is a Herculean effort by Mac, as it is the final book in a series that designed by its authors to shut the door on well-loved characters and their adventures. By itself, that's a good reason to pick this one up alone. So, it's written by David Mack, and so apparently from uh, 05 till now, they've they've kind of had their own universe of no they, literally they have yeah and they've tied it in that's why i've listened to like as many books as i can because everything does kind of tie into everything you know right so. yeah so that's number two number three they say star trek federation judith uh, judith and garfield reeve stevens uh in 1994 since released in 1994, this is one of the oldest books on the list, but pay it that no mind. Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens are legendary Star Trek novelists, producing some of the best fiction in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Federation features a century-spanning storyline that unites two of Starfleet's most famous captains. The Reeves-Stevens duo tied together multiple canonical entries in Star Trek universe, including the vital original series episode to craft a story that showcases their intricate knowledge of Star Trek lore using their densely detailed but highly readable writing style. Reels will journey with Captain Kirk and Picard as a time and mind-bending mystery unfolds in a fashion that will keep readers blazing through the pages only to find themselves at a remarkable ending that challenges their conception of what's possible within the Star Trek universe. If that doesn't sound like a fantastic book, what does? So basically they were doing Generations before 
generation. generation. Yeah, I um, I I think I might have read that, or I no. think I might have listened to an audible. I have to check and see. But if I haven't, then that sounds really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. So number four, Star Trek: New Frontier, House of Cards by Peter David, nineteen ninety-seven. Um, Peter David is a legendary author to Star Trek fans, and for good reason. He's written 48 works of Star Trek fiction, the oh, most prolific yeah. of which is the New Frontier series. This collection of novellas and stories, story stories stand as fascinating additions to Star Trek lore as the cover of the first New Frontier book promises a new ship, a new crew, a new mission. Yes, most of the main players in the story are either new characters, ones that were only briefly introduced to Star Trek canon, or returning popular characters who helped launch this series. Um, so it's a spotlight on Captain Mackenzie Calhoun uh, of the US, USS Excalibur. Um, and then they tell these stories from here on the New Frontier. So basically, it is a, a book that was released in 97 that focuses on, you know, a new crew, new ship, new everything. So we're getting to see other people outside of the you Enterprise. Know, that's, that's something that should be in the top five, definitely. Yeah. Even that, even even a book series like Star Trek uh, Prometheus about the starship Prometheus, that was a three book mm. series I read. That was really good too, as well. So, yeah. all right, and so the last one on this list, book number five, The Eugenics Wars, book one by Greg Cox, two thousand and one. I'm actually Rise of Fall, soon. I've been I've been I've been listening to that. I don't know. It just hasn't been that interesting. I mean, it's it's really? interesting, but eh, you know, it's really. I mean, it, it it does. It is pretty good because you do have the tie-in with like Gary Seven, Gary Seven's in it and stuff. Mm. So, but I don't. I, I just, I just, I just, I don't. It just hasn't grabbed my attention. Hmm. You know, unlike unlike a book like Code of Three Moments Asunder, um, Sarek by AC Crispin. That's a really you want to read a good book that kind of ties in after Star Trek Six. Sarek is a really good one, and. It's also too. It's, it has low key comedy in it too, which is absolutely. Mm. There's a part in it that I, I, I listened to the audio version. I or one I laughed, my just laughed hilariously. Um, and then plus two, there's the 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 uh, the three book series about about the about the Klingons that were during. It relates back to Star Trek uh, three, the search for Spock, where you know the house of Krug and it deals with that. And it kind of goes back to, you know, finding Klingons in the briar patch and bringing Krug back using, you know, Oh God, who was the, in, in, in next gen Oh, Arda. I think it was Arda, right? Mm, yeah. The one that could like switch up her, her appearance. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it brings her back into it and along with her technology that someone else is using it and it's very, Klingon centric, very Worf centric as well. There's a lot of Worf in there, so mm-hmm. I and plus two, it also ties into you know the Breen, uh, the Romulans, and the Kinshia, which was another group that the Klingons fought against. Mm-hmm. So those three book series, it could be in the top five. Okay, they're really good. And then on top of it, you know, you totally. Just I don't know. To me, like, um, there was a Dayton Ward book too, where, oh, shoot, I, I can't think of the name of it, but I mean, those are good. 
putting the discovery book as number one. I mean, obviously they did that because they want people to watch discovery. Well, I think they mentioned the author had died too. So I think they may be. Oh, the author. Okay. All right. All right. I get it. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. So the author died and he was and and then of course, you know, Discovery's a new one. Yeah. I can see why they wanted to do that. I get it. Uh, Yeah. You know, and again, lists are subjective. We talked about this. Of course, we looked at their, you know, Star Trek.com's 50 greatest moments and we, we, we tore that shredded thing that. Up. Yeah, we, we tore that thing Get up. that shit out of here. Yeah, if you want to hear that, go go back a few episodes and, and hear us tear that up. So, all right. So, last thing, uh, before we go to our main point, we're going to play a little game here. Uh, we're oh, going to see how well you do. All right. We're going to have you match the quotes of the character. I'm going to read a quote, and you're going to tell me if it's Pike or if it's going to be Spock. Pike so, is, oh, oh, God. Okay. So, all right. So, question one. Here's the quote. Rage is the enemy of logic. Spike or Spock? That's that's, that's Spock. Okay, Spock. That is correct. All right. So the next one. Be bold, be brave, be courageous, black alert. Uh, It's Pike. Okay. You are correct on that one. All right. So next one. I like science. Spock. You are correct, sir. (laughs) All right. So far, you're three for three. Most people will never get a chance to learn what's in their own hearts. If we figure it out, it is not. It is often not what we expected, or even what we would have chosen for ourselves. That's Pike. It's got to be Pike. He's telling Burnham that or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's telling a group of people. Yeah. Back in Mojave, I learned the best way to get in a cold stream was to jump right in. Pike. Okay. Yes, sir. That is correct. <laughs> All right. It is arrogant of you to assert that my presence, present manner of thinking requires fixing it all. Spock. That is correct. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. They're not super hard. No, sometimes, they're not. Sometimes we know the role we're meant yeah. to play. Sometimes we don't. I'm not sure which is better, to be honest. That's got to be Pike. Okay. Yep, that is Pike. All right. Giving up our values in the name of security is to lose the battle in advance. Spock. No, that was Pike. Oh, that was Pike. I was, I was, I was, I was thinking that was Pike, but that was a pretty logical assumption. Yeah. You avoid reality because it is easier for you to shoulder the burden than to face unimaginable grief. Uh, that's got to be Pike. That was Spock. That was Spock. Shit. All right. All right. If we learn anything, we learn that we are not yet ready to learn everything. Pike. That was Spock. No, really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Now it does matter. What happened before no longer exists. What will happen next has not yet been written. We have only now. This is our greatest advantage. What we do now here in this moment has the power to determine the future. That's Pike. He's he's addressing the crew of the end. That, that's Spock. That's that's Spock. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, is this from like Discovery or? Yeah, yeah, I think this is from Discovery. Holy cow! All right, where whatever our mission takes us, we'll try to have a little fun along the way too, huh? Make a little noise, ruffle a few feathers. That's that's Pike. That's Pike. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Pike. yeah, that's Pike. <laughs> that's Pike. All right. I was doing so good. I was like 10 for 10. And then yeah, I got, I got on a cold streak. Yeah, there you go. Do not covet thy neighbor's starship commander. That's Pike. 
You are correct. Okay. All right. Uh, translation is not the essence of understanding. Spock. There it is. Back yeah. on a roll. Back on a roll. Yeah. Sometimes it is wise to keep our expectations low, Commander. That way, we're never disappointed. That's Pike. Yeah. Throwing in the commander is really kind the of commander. Yeah. It's, you kind of. Yeah. I give my life for you, and you give your life for me, and nobody gets left behind. Spock. Spock. Okay. Yeah. That's Pike. Really? Yeah. I knew that was Pike. I remember that him saying Pike. that. Oh, he said it's the Admiral before. Yeah. 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 Perhaps he needs distance from you, not because he no longer has feelings for you, but because he no longer knows how to feel about himself. This is the last one, by the way. Oh, that sounds like, oh, that sounds like when Spock was in the fucking crazy loony bin. That's got to be Pike saying that to Burnham. That was Spock. That was Spock? Yeah. Damn it. Mm-hmm. So your results, you got 11 out of 17. You're in the rank of communications officer. So great marks, cadets. You almost got all close correct. Starfleet can use a you as a communications officer on a USS Starship. Yes. Yeah, so you are a communications officer. Way to go, Triple D. You got 11 yeah. out. Hey, 11 out of 17 ain't bad. That's you know? those were those are some of those are really tough. Yeah, they were. I mean, exactly. You know, uh, it wasn't, it was not very clear. So, yeah, all right. But I think it's time now. We've had all the fun. Yeah, it's time to talk have. lower decks. It's time so to I, talk our main point right here. That's so, some real fun. Yeah, real fun. So, right now, James Money MacGyver. If you will hit our main point, black alert alert, right here. Money man. That will let everybody know. It's time to talk our main point. Lower Decks. We're talking Lower Decks seasons one and two. First of all, if you don't know what Lower Decks is, Triple D, how would you best explain Lower Decks to someone who doesn't know what it is? Lower Decks is, it is a parody of Star Trek made by... Hardcore Star Trek fans, which Star Trek fans love to laugh at themselves. Yes. It uh, is the animation style is brilliant. Rick and Morty-ish. Yep. Kind of Rick and Morty style of animation, um, but done so well. I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things of like, you know, I can make fun of my sister, but when someone else makes fun of my sister, you can't do that kind of thing. Exactly. It's kind of got that humor and it's like, yeah, we can make fun of ourselves and we make fun of the fact of those kind of things. And I think one of the things that we love about it is there are so many Easter eggs. Oh, my you know? God. So, Too many Easter eggs. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Just for the fun of it, I'm going to go over. Here are some of the most popular Easter eggs from Season 1. And then we'll go over Season 2. We'll talk about those. And then we'll go from there. So uh, this is Season 1. Um, let's see. The classic space dock is one, first yep. of all. We start off looking at the classic space dock that we see in Search for Spock, Next Generation, Voyager, all those kind of things. The giant Even, mushroom. Yeah, the giant mushroom, right? Uh, another one, uh, Romulan whiskey. When we meet Mariner, she's <laughs> she she apparently it's it's against regulations, as Wilmer says. Uh, apparently, it's just as strong as Romulan ale. So, uh, <laughs> but we know there's Romulan whiskey on board. Uh, Mariner swinging a TNG area batleth. Yeah, yeah, I got the that. There's yeah. that. Uh, Klingon with an eye patch. You know, yes. You know, General Chang. And of course, you know, well, Martok didn't never have an eye patch, but he had one eye. Yeah. Um, so there, there's that. Um, so even in the opening sequence, there's the black hole from Discovery. 
that you see uh, there that is in, in uh, the Discovery episode, If Memory Serves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they pull, a, the Cerritos pulls a Voyager as it skims the surface of an icy planet, yeah. which is also in the Voyager opening. Um, there's also, um, there's a little space critter attached to the back of the Cerritos warp nacelles. <laughs> We yeah. said that, that's a galaxy's child for the for the TNG episode. Oh yeah, uh, you know there's TNG era font, um, and you know, and as far as the blue font and 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 everything that goes along those lines there. And that theme song is very, very nice kind that. of next gen, but also kind of incorporates a lot of the other. I will, know, yeah, I will say know. that theme song is probably one of the best opening theme songs to track ever. Yeah. It really is. It is so good. It is good. I mean, just and, from the opening sequence alone, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. So, um, craft names reference DS9 and the names of the Cerritos itself. All the shuttlecraft from the Cerritos appear to named after Forest in California because it's a California class ship. Um, and it is also the Cerritos is the name of a city in California. Um, and we see that Captain Freeman has the flag of California in her ready room. And all of the Following shuttlecraft have the names of Redwood, Yosemite, and Joshua Tree, which mm-hmm. the Joshua Tree is always broken. Um, it's in the, in the bay, it's always broken. <laughs> kind of like we see from Star Trek in Deep Space Nine, all the runabouts were named after rivers on Earth, the Ganges, the Orinco, and the Yangtze. Um, so, um, of course, there's classic aliens throughout the ship. Uh, I mean, Benzonites, you know, we see um, Andorian, possibly a Napian. Orion. Um, oh, yeah, Tindy's on Orion. I mean, there's just so many different it's, characters, so and it's so good. Um, uh, at least two crew members are rocking visors like Jordy wore on yeah. TNG. Uh, the replicator malfunction, which is causing to spit out bananas, seems to reference Picard's ordering tea Earl Grey hot when it says banana hot. Uh, banana hot. Yeah. Uh, we don't wash our hands. Mariner jokes that the ensigns in the lower decks don't wash our hands. We're doing kickflips, um, which is the reference to TOS episode of The Naked Time, yeah. in which a redshirt crew fails to follow correct decontamination protocols. And as a result, the entire crew is infected with a virus. So um, so it could be that or getting infected by a zombie virus because Commander <laughs> Ransom didn't really pay attention to a bug that bit him. So <laughs> That's why Ransom is my spirit animal. Yeah, all right. Pattern buffers and cetacean ops. When Mariner gives Tindy a full tour of the ship, she mentions several things that could be from being in advance. The pattern buffer maintenance access is connected to how the transporter works. In TNG episode Relics, Scotty was discovered inside a pattern buffer for a McCrash starship. But then the more super hilarious deep cut is the station ops, which was heard over the intercom in TNG episode yesterday's Enterprise. But in the episode The Perfect Mate, it was also mentioned that were dolphins on the Enterprise. And if you look at the original blueprints of the Enterprise D, you see that there is a cetacean ops section, you know, in the saucer section. So it's, uh, you know, very interesting that there. So um, that has been made a reference and it actually is used in an episode. I think, yes. You know, yeah, it is, in the yeah. last episode, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Used in season episode. two, in season two, at the end of season two, we see cetacean ops. Uh, we sleep in a hallway. Mariner points out that the ensigns of the Cerritos don't have their own quarters and basically sleep in a row of bunks along the hallway. Well, this may seem very Spartan for the Smacky 24th century. There is a precedent of this in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. We saw several young crew members sleeping in bunks in what looked like hallways. Um, sonic showers. Blumler mentions the showers are musty, which should make sense since they are sonic. 
The idea of the showers in Starfleet used sonic showers as existed in Star Trek The Motion Picture, in which V'ger probe transformed transformed into Ilya in a sonic shower. Um, Bloomer appears to reference Anakin Skywalker when Tindy and Bloomer and Mariner are on the beach of the holodeck. Bloomer complains that Sam just gets everywhere and gives you a rash. Um, <laughs> the idea that gets everywhere feels like a reference from Anakin Skywalker, but uh, you know it's rough. Of course, it gets everywhere. Is Star Trek clouding Star Wars in the prequels? Maybe. Uh, Freeman's secret agreement to uh, Blumler is a wink to the OG Lower Decks. Mm -hmm. When Freeman pulls Blumler into a ready room to give him a secret assignment, it seems to reference the TG episode Lower Decks, which Picard gives Ensign Sito uh, a secret assignment much in the same way. The difference, of course, is that Picard wasn't asking Sito to spy on another crew member, but it had the very same idea. And it says, Freeman stole a hat from Chris Pine, in addition to the flag of California and Freeman's Red Room, she also has a sword and that which looks like one of the officer caps worn by members of Starfleet in the reboot movies. Did those hats exist in that timeline too? So one of the hats from the movie series is in her ready room. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Picard's favorite ride is back. Previously spotted on a map of, of the ship, it appears the Cerritos carry several versions of the Argo land vehicles driven by Picard in Star Trek Nemesis. And oh, yeah. Film, which takes place just one year prior to Lower Decks, the Argo seemed to be a new addition to the Starfleet ships. So well, by 2380, it seems like they're fairly common. Either that or the Enterprise got theirs late. So uh, Starfleet regulations, Bilmar references regulation 498 and 756. Meanwhile, Mariner counters by alluding to regulations 25, 15, and 348. She also says Bloomer is breaking 76 just for pointing at me. So, <laughs> And as far as we can tell, so these regulations... Many, so many regulations yeah. in Star Trek. Uh, Mariner, I was here for first contact. Mariner reveals the reason she was aware of the plight of some of the farmer aliens was because she was yeah. on the planet for first contact a year yeah. prior, um, which is kind of like in Private Little War where Kirk is familiar with the inhabitants of the planet Neural, having visited previously yeah. during a scout mission. Uh, Klingon Prison, uh, we see that uh, this... Uh, Manner says she's been in Klingon prison where I had to fight a Yeti for my own shoes. It seems to reference for a Pinthe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, General Order 5. This also does not seem to be one of Starfleet's rules that we're aware of. But that said, in TOS episode Turnabout Intruder, General Order 4 says Starfleet forbids uh, the death penalty. But then again, General Order 7 says you can get the death penalty if you go to Talos 4, as we learned in the Menasher. Yeah. So maybe General Order 5 has something to do with punishments. Uh, first contact style spacewalk. We see that Rutherford, Ensign, Barnes take their date outside. Um, I'm a believer. Barnes mentions that she's related to a classical band called the Monkees. This yeah. is, you know, reference to Star Trek Beyond when Bones asks if the Beast voice classical music. Um, why don't the doors recognize our com badges? Rutherford has a full freak out of the fact that automatic doors are not he and Barnes into a specific area. Means it seems like the doors have a one in four chance of opening properly. Uh, Mirror Spock, for one instance, a Vulcan crew member on the Cerritos is covered with black goo from the space zombies. This gives him the brief appearance to have a goatee like Spock from Mirror Universe. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Admiral Mariner, we presume at the end of the episode, we learn that Mariner is the daughter of Captain Freeman. So this is all just from the episode one. That's a uh, lot. I know there was a lot in that. Yeah, uh, there's a Mariner's famous rant about you know uh, Star Trek characters. Um, yeah. You know Spock, you came back from being from the dead. 
I uh, got the Genesis device to fight Khan and some space whales. Sulu, he rocked a sword. That was his thing. That could be your thing, too. We're due for a new sword guy. You know about Kurt, <laughs> my man Worf, Gary Mitchell. You know Gary Troy. She went from the yeah. jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, Gary Mitchell. That's a deep, that's that a deep, is cut. A deep cut. Yeah. Gary Mitchell's a deep cut. Yeah. Bro. So, you know, Mariner having all that. So, I mean, that was just episode one. There are so many in the seasons. Oh, uh, there's even one in season there, one. There's where, just like so many that I think it's in season one, but really it's in season two. It's just. Oh, yeah. We haven't even gotten to season two yet. But here's the here's the thing about season one. There's even one in season one. Like you and I talked about that, the rare toys, the helmet with the, the light on it. Yeah, yeah. In season one, that makes an appearance. The, you know, the helmet with the light on it makes an appearance in uh, season one of, of Lower Decks. I mean, that's how deep these it guys are deep. going. Yeah. They are finding some of the most obscure toys and things. They're that putting is, it on the show. That's the you know, shittiest fucking toy ever made. Oh, yeah. It's it's terrible. But the, the whole premise of the show is that they're, they're, they do a lot of follow-up and second contact, second as they contact. say. Following up with the first contact, which we yeah. come to find out the Federation is really shitty at following They up. are really <laughs> shitty. Was Landry, was that season one or season two? Or it, it was either the end of season one or the beginning of season two. Yeah, no, because like they, they go back to the return of the acorns. And it's like, you rebuilt Landry? What's wrong with you people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't do that. You know? Just, oh my gosh. And then you know, the just the different things that are going on. Um, even in the pilot episode with Mariner knowing about the, the farmers, it's because they haven't done any follow-up. Uh, yeah. I mean, hell, the beginning of season two, the it's it's been a long time following up. Mariner is using the sonic gun to clean up the you know uh, the temple and everything, and then that's how that's how uh, uh, Ransom becomes Gary Mitchellized, you know? Yeah. Um, because again, there's no follow up; they don't know what's going on. Um, that's the running theme with this show: just the random hijinks that they get to do, and of course. Yeah. We we focus on the lower decks because a lot of the shows have focused on the crew, uh, but the crew in the sense of the command crew. And we're seeing the view from people who are enlisted or, you know, the ensigns. And it's like, they don't know crap, you know? <laughs> like, there's even an episode yeah. that addresses this, that it looks like the Klingon trial. They're supposed to be, like, you know, telling what's happening. Like, do you not know what's going on? And they're like the, the bridge crew is suspended, and they're saying like we don't know crap, like you know essentially yeah. what they're saying. They and don't really, what it was, it was like a celebration for them. It's supposed to be a celebration for this guy, and they're just dunking on him and they're dunking just on the bridge crew. Celebration. Yeah, then they at the, at the end of the episode is like, no, no, my your time is up. No, no, I didn't get it. Like you know, it was supposed to be this whole thing, and um, you know, there's another bit where they have what they call it a. Uh, uh, not cushion time, but uh, where they have you know they estimate time, which they kind of talked about with yeah. uh, with uh, in engineering when you had Scotty, he said you know as an engineer you tell them something's going to take so long, and then when you come in under your miracle worker, buffer time, buffer mm-hmm. time, yeah, and so uh, because and then then Blimler tells Freeman about that, and then basically. Freeman puts everybody on the clock, and then it just gets all goes to hell, except for Wimler, who is nailing 
the everything because he's just yeah he's he's so anal retentive. He and, is such an overachiever. And it's you know, and I mean the quality of voice acting on the show is great. The guest appearances Amazing, they have. Yeah. I mean, Q makes an appearance, Jonathan Lance, uh, you know, uh Will I mean Jonathan Franks, Deanna Troy. Yeah. You know, Mina Circus, uh, yeah. uh, dude, and just the, the main characters himself. Uh, Bloomer is played by, uh, I forget his name, but he's also on The Boys as uh, Huey, you know, mm-hmm. same character. Uh, dude, can we talk about, can we talk about uh, Jack Ransom here a little bit? And, Jack you know, Ransom. Dude, uh, so you got Rebecca Romain, and then she's married to, uh, oh, what's his name? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, who plays and they're Jerry both Cranston. now in Star Trek because he's yeah. Jack Ransom. You know, I mean, obviously they're centuries apart at this point. But yeah, both have they both it. love Star Trek. They both love Star Trek. And they're in it, and he is a great as a ransom. Oh, he's know? awesome as ransom. He's awesome as ransom. So, if nothing else, go watch Jack Ransom as the number one. He's the typical, uh, you know, Kirk-esque type bravado character, mm-hmm. and it's really great. There's a scene with him and. Um, him and a uh, mariner on the planet where it's like, you know, they're going to figure out who's going to fight the big guy to, to do that, um, to make the save. And he stabs mariner in the foot. He so does. That, oh so that God. he can be the one to go and fight, you know, you know, uh, the thing. It, yeah. It's, it's great. There's just so many things that happen. Um, the idea that lower decks don't get quite the same replicator rations. So that when they go, to uh if they if they get approved to like be in the bridge crew yeah like, they now oh wow they got pesto up here and they got replicator. yeah you know like there was that the episode where they do all the training and they had uh uh the the, the creature that could split it yeah the yeah i that was that was that was from the animated series yes so i mean they have animated series stuff they call back to i mean basically if it's in star trek canon they are pulling from it. And giant was, Spock, the, like they had the giant Spock, yeah, hung up there in that collector's, you know, place. Um, it, just, the, just, just so many things, you know. So that, and then, so let's see, let's let's talk about season two a little bit. Some of the Easter eggs there. Um, all right. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, there's the. In, in I screen this the Starfleet Joe Striker puts the Cerritos crew through a series of tests and training exercises. It's a mariner's task with competing a drug called Naked Time, when she must save a crew infected with a deadly virus that takes away their inhibition. <laughs> uh, and basically it's it's from the next generation series, you know, where that one where they all got drunk, kind of, you know, that virus that made yeah. everybody. It was know. the one it was the one meme where it showed uh Picard and like Crusher, they're up against the wall and it's like yeah. When she when you want her to stretch her queen chapel, yeah, but but she doesn't know that your ham ham candle yeah. has a certified girth certificate. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's just, oh my god. There, there's some graffiti from from that episode that makes it onto yeah. the, that one. Um, uh, Blimler gets assimilated by the Borg. Um, yes. When you see that, his he has a Borg encounter, and uh, you know he he makes it all the way through and just. Finally has to get assimilated because <laughs> they figure it out. And then yeah. um the Cerritos goes disco. You know, they oh their 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 t-shirts say Ritos on it instead of Cerritos, you know, when they're like exercising or whatever. Um That's terrible. You know, um, we also, awful. Yeah. Uh we also see 
the idea of three ships where we saw lower decks for Bird of Prey, a Vulcan cruiser, and then even a Borg cube at the end. And so um, at the there's a credit scene at the end where it's Borg cube, the lower decks there, and it's just <laughs> for for people just regenerating in a Falco, <laughs> you know. But we we got to see what lower decks was like for those people as well, um, you know. Uh, Crimson Force Shields that makes an appearance uh, uh, because we're dealing with the Packlids, of course. Um, uh, and so the ideas in in uh, in the Kazon and Herogen, they talk about this whole you know Crimson Shield to kind of throw people off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Samaritan Stare sees the Enterprise crew check the Packlids by venting a red gas. They the call Packlids, yeah. Oh my so, god, they bring the Packlids back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's that was from TNG. It's uh, another enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, uh, DJ Okona is in the house. Oh, um, in the embarrassment of Doppler's episode, um, they're trying to get to this Starfleet oh, Command yeah. conference after party. Um, we we hear uh, we hear uh, someone say, uh, "Okona, how are you?" As an unseen guest. Um, diehard Trekkies and only the Trekkies who watched the first two seasons of TNG will know that Thaddean Okona is a roguish captain accused of stealing priceless artifacts in the episode of The Outrageous Okona. It's a oh, fairly yeah, yeah. average installment made notably charmed by the Billy Campbell's performance. Um, so it's it's that guy, and he is now on a boombox running the DJ for yes, the. I, yeah. I was say in one of the um moment no. In one of the uh, in one in one of the track books, it was the one where which one? It was one of the next generation ones, but it was it was like it was kind of like in uh, in Okona, like they had like Okana in there a lot, mm-hmm. and his parts were absolutely hilarious because he reads them. He's reading them like in the third person, talking about like what was going on, mm-hmm. and in that book too, there's a lot of. Luxana Troy, and that is just, it's really good. We also have the reference to, um, we have a reference to Star Trek uh, V, The Final Frontier, and the episode Weeju. We, um, we get two as the Cerritos makes his way through the long warp. Blumer visits Tindy and Dr. Tiana on the holodeck, where they recreated El Capitan and the Mountain Kirk climb to Star Trek V. Nice. And, and then Blumer is wearing the rocket boots. Yeah. yeah, but he's also wearing Kirk's shirt that says "Go climb a rock." I did so, see that. Yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, this shirt is in fact a real world piece of Yosemite National Park memorabilia, so you can actually go really, get that shirt. yeah, and you can go get it. Uh, nice. and, you know, um, it, it says again when later in that episode when he's bored and looking for something to do, he's just playing Stratjima again. Introduced in TNG peak performance where Data was fighting, you know, the alien guy with the the game there mm-hmm. with the fingers. Um, and then he's chatting with Cerritos new Tamarian security chief Kayshawn. Yes, yes, yeah. And another, another, yes, uh, yes, yeah, which he tries to do that, and you know, of course, it backfires on him. But you can see behind them uh, wearing a guitar and game headset, the one that's the addictive mind controlling one where the aliens almost take over. Oh, yeah. um, that one where Wesley led the uh, uh, return, uh, there. Uh, Enbo Jiu Jitsu uh, makes an appearance. And Mugato Gumato uh, episode, yeah, Mugato. Uh, where where uh, uh, 
Riker calls it the ultimate form of martial arts. And Mariner, Bloomer, and Rutherford are in that, and Mariner just goes ape shit on them. Yeah. Um, we have a uh, Star Trek Voyager where Tom Harris makes, a, makes yeah. an appearance. <laughs> Tom yeah. Harris collective plates. Robert Duggan McNeil is actually voiced is is voiced by you know Tom Harris, uh, and he, to do reduce uh, boost morale as part of his handshake tour. And Blimo is a fanboy, and but he keeps he's he's just been transferred back from the Titan, but he's a twin, so things haven't quite worked out. So he's gets stuck, and in the in the process, you know, he comes out of the, you know. He comes out of having done all these terrible things to try to get to meet Tom Paris, and he looks like a Kazon. And so he's like, "Yes!" And then Tom Paris, and then Tom Paris is a Kazon and punches the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he says, "This is oh, how we man. kick ass in the Delta Quadrant." <laughs> <laughs> you know, but all Bloomer's trying to do is get a commemorative yeah. Tom Paris plate sign. He just wants to get the plate sign. That's all. Yeah, you know, and then. Uh, in season um, one, we saw Lieutenant Shax dies to save Rutherford, but in the same episode of season two, we'll always have Tom Paris. He, he returns. And yeah. <laughs> you can scream pothole, but there, there's a whole thing that they go to talk about. I that. love, I love Shax. Yeah, Shax is great. You know? Oh my god, I'm completely centered right now. You know, like <laughs> peace-loving majority security officer that just just loves yeah. to kill people. I love it. He's almost like a Klingon, you know, in the sense He of, is like a Klingon, basically. You know, you know but uh, we, we talk about how, like, you know, the bridge crew never dies and, and all kinds of stuff. They go into this crazy thing. Um, except, except for except for Tasha Yar. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, She stays dead. She stays dead. She's the Uncle Ben of uh, of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. We also see the different different kinds of shacks, a 23rd mission. Mirror, Century Mirror Universe Shacks, a Borg Shacks, Borg um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, just different things done when uh, Rutherford just kind of having a freak out about what happened and how Shaq does mm-hmm. games back. Uh, Blimmer getting a second chance um, where he's basically Rikerized with the Thomas Riker, Will Riker thing yeah. where um, he, he's on the Titan and he comes back and there's two of them and one gets sent back to the Cerritos and it's the yeah. real boy where they get sent back to the Cerritos. Yeah, with and gets demoted in the process. <laughs> yeah, he get demoted. <laughs> he gets demoted. Yeah, and then we have uh, we have Riker. Of course, you know he loves jazz. He really loves it. And uh, you know he, he he says make uh, play Nightbird um, as a famous jazz piece. Um, he's like that's a rap. Um, <laughs> And and then you know he just makes all kinds of jazz references, yeah. you know, when his command style. Um, Kayshawn, his eyes open. As you talked about the collector uh, episode, we see all the different things there um, that are. It's just ridiculous the amount of stuff. The giant um, Spock, Carl Spock, yeah, animated series, yeah. Infinite Vulcan. We see skeletons of Excaliban and the Excaliban Abraham Lincoln from TOS. The Savage. Uh, in the Savage Curtis and that stuff, Salt Vampire, mm-hmm. um, Beyond Body Parts, um, Heals Bottles of Picard's Wine, Beverly Crusher's Love Candle from the Star Trek TNG episode, Sub Rosa, mm-hmm. a Vulcan she, Lerpa, Andorian was... Ice Cutter, Jim Hadar Katarin, Klingon Batleth, and a Mechleth, a Curlin Mastos, a Benazoid Gift Box, Horda Egg. We also get a glimpse of Katan Probe and Master's Master TNG, Epic Line and Mass, respectively. 
So shit. yeah, he, there's just a there's a bunch. Yeah, of there's there. a lot there. Yeah, and then of course Mugato Gumano, we see the the uh, Mugatos there themselves, and um, you know, and how they keep messing up the name because DeForest Kelly kept mispronouncing it in the show. So <laughs> they were Mugatos, Mugatos, Mugatu, Mugatu, yeah. Um, Gumato was actually the original name Gumato. that was supposed to be. Gumato was supposed to be the name for it, but oh yeah, we see all that happen. Uh, Captain Freeman Day makes an appearance. <laughs> uh, Blumer so excited about that, but it's supposed to be the uh, thing for kids. Uh, Sonia Gomez, we see her return. Yeah, uh, she was the one who spilled uh, coffee on Picard and even makes a reference about that. Like I when- got the meme. I got the meme. It's like. Sonia Gomez spilled coffee on Captain Picard. Was never seen that again. was 23 years ago. She has never been seen again. Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they finally talk- solved the mystery. Yeah. So they said, she says, don't worry about it. I've done way worse in front of much more intimidating captains. Uh, makes that reference. There's Cetacean Ops. This is the, in the last episode um, where we see the dolphins who help uh, Supervisory Wells. Dedicated guidance and navigation research. Um, so, and then they were all into Rutherford, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> Kimolu and all, Matt. They all want to get up in Rutherford's ass. Yeah, and they're wearing science uniforms and they're pair of dolphins. Did um, they want to? Wait a minute. Did they want to eat? Was it was it Boimer that went down? They wanted to eat. Thought no, they didn't want to eat them. They were just. They were just. They they wanted Rutherford. You kept saying inviting him in the sweaty body into the water for a skinny dip. You know, they wanted Rutherford real bad. Oh my um, god, gay dolphins! Yeah. yeah, they dude, they were they're so nothing was off limits. Nothing was off limits. Lower decks is hilarious. I mean, it's I, we're not giving you any spoilers by saying you just got to watch the episodes. Yeah. Some of these things that we're telling you about. I mean, ransom getting Gary Mitchellized. You know, just the callback to that. The callback to Landrew. The callback to a. The funniest, uh, like a, a computer that wants to take over the universe. Yes, and Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs makes an appearance. As oh you might know my him. god! Yeah, he, he was. He knocked it out of the park. Uh, Brunt. He, he you might so know him as funny. Brunt from FCA. You might know Brunt, him as um, Wayun. Wayun. Wayun, uh, and then uh, at, um, Commander Shram. Commander Shram from Enterprise. And Jeffrey Combs has been in so many Star Trek things. He makes an appearance as this computer. And it is hilarious. There season uh now if you had to pick which one would you say was better, season one or season two? That's tough. Um oh I probably would have to say uh, season one because it was just yeah. season one was really good. Season two was really, really good too, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta go season two because by this time, the crew knows that uh, Mariner and Freeman are mother-daughter, and we see that kind of how that works out. You know, she gives her the side missions and, you know, all that kind of stuff to kind of do what she's supposed to do officially, but then she gets to do her side missions. We see how it all works out. We see the Titan. We see there's a there's a little bit more of a generalized underlying storyline of the pack lids throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, which pays off at the last episode even. So, um that the the pack lids, which get introduced at the end of season one, that that is an underlying kind of theme throughout all of season two. Yeah, um, which is done really really well. Uh, we see things like the joystick. 
you know, that pops up in the end of season two to control the ship. Um, we see lots of different things that just, and that's the thing about the show. The, the things that we watch are familiar, but still different in a new way. And they're told in a very fun and yeah. different way that you're just like, okay, I love this. It's just so great. It is really good to see some of the things I've loved about Star Trek told in a fun and unique way. And that is what I love about Star Trek um, uh, Lower Decks is they're they're just saying nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred at all. And we're just going to enjoy it and make fun of it. Yeah. And we're going to have a good time with it. Um, I mean, just at, I mean, just the idea that, you know, the bridge crew can't die and the whole Shaq storyline with that, that mm-hmm. was hilarious. And they finally tell Rutherford. But then there's the episode where they all have something to do that ends up being a part of this big spy thing with the Romulans and, you know, oh all that kind God. of stuff. Fuck the Romulans, yeah. You know, but that, that whole episode where Rutherford keeps blanking out and his implant takes over and does all yeah, these incredible yeah, yeah. things. They think Tindy's the cleaner and she does all the... <laughs> they're like, holy shit, like, what's going on? And, like, it's funny because you have Ransom and Tindy, but then everybody else who's a part of this black hosting, they have the black... You know, it's almost like glasses where their lines yeah, are. Yeah. But that's it, you know? And it's like, you know, oh my God, they're scanning. Like, there's that scene where they're in the cloaked old school Romulan ship. Oh my God, they're scanning us. Yeah. They're scanning. Shh, they're scanning us. Oh, okay, we're good. Oh my God, they're scanning us again. Like it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's a whole like almost 30 second bit about are they yeah. scanning us, not scanning us, you know, kind of thing. Um, and how they get the ship with Rutherford and Shaxx. You know, and then that that relationship where he calls him, you know, baby bear, and you know, yeah, all that right. fun stuff, dude. It's yeah. dude, it's just so fun, just it some of the fun. different things it they do. Uh, you know, when Rutherford goes on walkabout, trying to figure out what department he wants to be in. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he ends up being, you know, back to that, where he was. I think that's season one. I think that's season one. Yeah, season one. Yeah. And, know, then they, and then they and then they tell the story of the uh, of the uh, main engineer that he's like some prince. Yes. And that he, that he can't have sex and yeah he, he, yeah he loves his virginity because he like yeah his for his to take over to be ruler of his planet he has to have sex and like um his mom keeps trying to have get him to have yeah. sex <laughs> and he's like no i love my virginia i want to be in starfleet i want to be you know an engineer and it, it, there's a whole bit with that and <laughs> there's a scene where like rutherford is like i gotta go save uh billups you know, virginity and they're like Good luck, my my royal guards know how to skip foreplay. You know, it's like <laughs> there's a whole thing about that. I yeah, mean, here just, is oh my god, there's so much tremendous. funny stuff. This. Everything is tremendous, and they're 30 minute episodes. Yeah, you know, which is easily watchable. Easily watchable. So if you don't have Paramount Plus, like you said, uh, season one is out on on DVD. Season two comes out July 12th. Um, they're talking about a fall release for season three. Which has already been kind of said that the underlying theme is the search for Freeman, yep. which you know they've released a small trailer and the idea is going to be like the search for Spock kind of yeah. thing. So that's going to be cool. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they tackle that in season three. Um, it's guys, if you're not watching Lower Decks, you have to put this in your rotation of things to watch. Yeah, and and you can watch a season. I mean, in you can watch both seasons in a day easily. Easily. Yeah. Easily, because I mean, Easily. it's what thirteen episodes, twelve episodes, something like that. Yeah, not even a full twenty-four episode season like, so, you know, like some of the old school shows are. Um, so 
worth it in the long run to do it. I mean, big just, time. Yeah. Big time. You know, just go for it. Enjoy it. I'm going to tell us what you think about it. It's a great show. It is a great show. It really show. is. Yeah. You know, I there mean, was, I know in the beginning when they first, excuse me, wanted to release something like this, mm-hmm. there was a lot of backlash. Guys were like, oh, this is going to be stupid. They're just making fun of Star Trek. They're not going to pay homage to it. You know, these writers don't know what they're doing. And you know what? Out of all the shows that have come out, Lower Decks probably the best one. Yeah. And yeah. it's an, and it's animated. It's not even... Yeah. yeah. And, and, to, and to tell you the truth, you know, I, I think season two crushed season four of discovery mm-hmm. just absolutely crushed it. So, yeah, you know, so guys check it out, guys, believe, believe us, you will not be disappointed because it's really, really good. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's to me, it's, it's one of those things of, if you haven't seen it yet, go for it. It, it is worth your time. It's worth anything you want to do to just go yeah. check out these things. So um, honestly, it's 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 fun. It's just yeah, it's very it's fun. just fun Star Trek. You know, really, um, it, it's one of those things that you know. One, it's that post nemesis kind of universe. So we're seeing how you know life is like post nemesis, but which I like the uniform designs. Mm-hmm. The uniform designs are very cool. Um, they're not quite the Picard uniform designs, which come later. So. You know, this is kind of that cool transition between yeah. what Nemesis was to what Picard is. There's a very cool transition. The, the the stuff there is very cool. But, you know, I mean, it, like you said, you have this ship called the California class, which is literally a saucer. And then you have the cells. Yeah. And, it's, you know, a, it's a it's a Spartan ship. And yeah. they're 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 considered the lowest rung of Starfleet if you get a ship like that. They you know, are. Which is they are funny. the lowest. Which is funny. So you're on the Cerritos, which is a California class ship, which is the lowest rung. Which I think in one of the episodes in season one, we see the upgraded the uh, the sovereign version of that ship. It's yeah. still a saucer with a with with the two nail cells, two nail cells, but it's the sovereign version of it. So it looks because this is the TNG kind of version of the Cerritos, oh. uh, and, you know. But that ship is better because it's you know. Um, Sovereign it's newer. Style. It's sovereign style, you know, shit. So, uh, you know, there's there's all those kinds of references. So, guys, this is definitely a, this show, is definitely a show we're yeah. checking out. Um, there's no preaching. There's no whatever. Everything no. Is, is done just to have fun and have exactly, a good time. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it. Oh, I figured out how to meet you now. All right. In the the, the top hand corner, there's three little buttons. I can do that, and I can hit mute. Yeah, see, look, he's talking and nobody can hear him. Yeah, ha! Oh, shit, I, you can get me now. Yeah, I got, well, and uh, in case something like what happened earlier happens again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's awesome. I can, I can, I know how to do that now without yeah. doing it. You're in charge now there, big boy. Woo! Yeah. I don't know shit. All right, so, uh, Triple D, I think between the, the first part and the pause and the second part, we've given 
quite an episode. We have given them a lot. Between the news, the the quiz, and now talking. The uh, quiz. The quiz. The fucking quiz. The quiz. You all got 11 out of 17 on the quiz. Hey, dude, it was harder than you thought, man. It was a tough quiz. It was. That middle section got really tough. Yeah, the middle section got. Even me, I'm sitting there going, ooh, that sounds like, ooh. I it know. sounds like either one of them. It, yeah, it was really tough. I'm yeah. like, uh, okay. I sent you some memes. You got to check them out. Oh, you know, I no, that's what I've been doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, the uh, I like the Cisco one. That's the Cisco one, yeah. I know, I know the Samuel Jackson. Good day to die. Nice. With Worf. Yeah, with Worf is James Bond. That's good. Unaware of the importance of dryer sheets, the crew of the Starship, embarrassingly. Warp through space with static Klingons. Nice. <laughs> That's good. This guy walked by me and asked, "Why do you smile at your phone for? Is it, is he that important?" And I said, "Yeah, he is." But I was looking at this picture. I am. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's good the Garrick stuff. one. Was the, the Garrick, Garrick one? I, yeah, yeah. that's Garrick. And I like I like the uh, uh, Galron one. Slaps the roof of a bird of prey. This baby can fit so much so glory much, in it. So much glory in it. Yeah. Uh, I got, got two tickets to Stovacore. Uh, yeah, oh, my gosh. There's, you said, there's, you said I got, good ones. I got another one where he's got, like, that, that, that same one where he does, like, what, 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 what was it, like, the, uh, he was going through Warf's, like, ritual, and it's one where he goes. Yeah, the two tickets to Stovacore. Yeah. So, like, today I become a man in the Klingon Empire. It shows him walking down through there, but barefoot with like Legos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I see that one too. Legos, he's like, ah, stuffing on Legos. It's that, and I got another one too, where it's the one from the. <laughs> there are four lights. Oh and, yeah, and it's Patrick Stewart. Where he's like this, and the quote is stood on a Lego. <laughs> it's oh, so man. bad. I got so good ones. That's hilarious. That oh, is hilarious. My oh, my gosh. Oh, There's so many good memes. But, yeah, so uh, I think that's where we should end our show today is, is recommendation. Two thumbs up from both of us on Lower Decks for sure. Uh, make sure you put that on your queue. I can't, uh, I can't get my second thumb. Uh, yeah, great yeah, success. Great success. Great and as success. we said before, uh, if we go live, we're going to see this. But also... If you want to contact us, you want to tell us what your favorite thing is, what you thought about Lower Decks or any other show that we see or we talked about so far, um, Discovery, anything along those lines, your old shows, uh, TNG, you can always email us, theacademy at hmg at yahoo.com. You can message us on Twitter at theacademyhmg or on Facebook at academyhmg. Any of those places, you hit us up, you message us, we'll put that into the queue in the hopper. For maybe show ideas. If you've got a show idea, you've got somebody you want to see come on the show, we can um, definitely effort to get that to happen. Yeah. We wanna we wanna have guests on. We love yeah. having guests on. We've definitely we've definitely discussed about a couple guests that we'd like to bring on. So we gotta work on that. I mean, because obviously there's a lot of when you like a lot, I know a lot of people like to watch YouTube videos and stuff. There's a lot of high profile YouTube personalities. Mm-hmm. That when I watch a bunch of the videos, they do drop in Star Trek references that they do like Star Trek. So yeah, yeah. So, so mean, guys, so, hey, I put the feeler out to Cody Rhodes if he's or well, now he's with the E. So I don't yeah, know. If it's, probably happen. Gonna, it's probably not going to happen. But, but you know, hey, we we all know I shot my shot with Cody Rhodes to see if he yeah. come on. Um, yeah. You know, hey, I'll, I'll do that with him. But you 
You tell me who you want me to see, dude. I'll shoot my shot with anybody. Yeah. Um, hey, why not? I'll shoot my shot with Doug Jones. Apparently, he went on a podcast this week with the uh, it's called the Friendship Onion with the two guys, the two of the hobbits from uh, Lord of the Rings. Really? And he, was, and he was on there. So, hey, I might get on Twitter and shoot my shot at Doug Jones. Yeah, hey, why not? Guy. Yeah. Love to have you on the academy and talk discovery and Saru and, and your career. Yeah. Basically, you know? tell him, listen, Saru is probably one, Saru is one of the top. You know, Star Trek characters ever. Oh, easily, easily, easily yeah, easily. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. just so dynamic, and yeah, you know, when he's on the screen, you just are drawn to him, and then just the way he plays them is, is you're just, and then just the the growth of the character from season one to to now, yeah, season four. I mean, it's incredible to watch what Doug Jones has done with that character and just the little things that he does, you know, the way he moves his arms when he walks and how he carries himself and just all the things he does yeah. as an actor to portray that character onto the screen yeah. and then to be able to emote as he does, even with all the makeup and exactly. prosthetics and everything. Dude is incredible. I mean, uh, find out he he was a mime and a contortionist before getting into acting. Wow. So, you know, makes sense, you know, that he has some of that in his background. Um, so, yeah, that would be cool to have him on the show. And, John, um, we, we all seem to reiterate, John, that we may have not liked Discovery Season 4, but the actors and the actresses that were in Discovery are phenomenal. They're great. They're, they are all great. All in, in Picard, Discovery... It's definitely gonna be in strange new worlds. Mm-hmm. All these actors and actresses are great. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's just that the material the writers wrote did not live up to you know what the actors and actresses are able to do. You yeah. know, it just didn't live up to their standard. I think. I, I so, agree. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, it was it was lacking in certain departments. I think. Yeah. But I think in the long run, you know, again, Star Trek is alive and well. It, it is. It kicking. is. We have five shows on, you know, between production it's and on. insane. You know, which is, I, if you'd have told me five years ago that there would be five shows rotating in production and rotating on being on, on you know, some form of streaming or television where you could watch them, I'd be like, you're crazy. There's no exactly. way. Exactly. There's no, no way. way. But, man, Paramount and Paramount Plus, they have hitched their wagon to this, and they are going full war. I cannot wait for May 8th, or May 5th, I'm sorry. Strange New Worlds is going to be awesome. Yes. Um, It's going to be, I think, a really good thing to see that style Enterprise ship. You know, I think, you know, call back to the classic style, but with the modern look and technology to give it that really cool look, but still paying homage to what the original series was. I mean, we see with the uniforms, same thing. You know, they're paying homage to the original series, but still kind of a little bit more modern and comfortable, Yeah, which I imagine what people do. But, you know, we have the phasers that look like the phasers. We have the tricorders that look like the tricorders. We have a lot of stuff that is being called back and reminiscent to that area. So I'm just looking forward to Planet of the Week, you know, popping back and forth between things exploring the universe, you know, being out on the edge, figuring out what it is out there and yep. in the enterprise with captain Pike, number one and Spock going out there and just figuring everything out. Um, you know, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to, to definitely, watch. Definitely, like definitely. Will be a so, lot of fun. so with all that said, 
that's all I can. Now, if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at Men on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can hit me up there. You can see all the fun things I do. Um, the $600 belt that I had. Uh, if you weren't you weren't watching the Smack Attack, I had that um, this past Saturday um, on the YouTube channel. I think you can go still see it on the YouTube channel. Uh, as a matter of fact... Hey, you marks, go see the belt. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, even Big Ray posted a picture this week of what I would look like as Shawn Michaels posing with the belt. I did uh, see that. Yeah. That was... So, so thank you, Big Ray. Beautiful. That was that was perfect. Uh, who's going to be back on the show once he gets you know yes. with season three? So we're looking forward to that. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook as John Enright, just living in Weatherford. Figure out there if you want to talk about mental health, uh, you need help with resources along those lines, or um, any kind of you know victimization from sexual assault or domestic violence. You can reach out to me at John at FreedomHousePC.org, and we can find out what's best to help you in your area to get the resources you need. Um, whether it be for mental health or for any of those other sources to find free, you know, resources to help you out. We want to make sure to do that. Um, or if you're not comfortable with me, you can, as you could say, you can always, you can always reach out to, uh, our buddy Jackson Stone. Um, you can go to his uh, website, you are, you are lovelife.com, uh, or you can find him on social media at, at you are love life. And either one of those ways you can find him there and, He's a wrestler, professional wrestler, but also a mental health advocate, and he runs his own nonprofit uh, doing that. As a matter of fact, if you can, support him, buy his merch. That helps support him. Uh, if you live in the Texas area, uh, May 21st, his nonprofit is helping run a show uh, on May 21st at UT Arlington. Uh, it's it's a diversity show where we're going to have luchadors, wrestling, all kinds of people from all walks of life in a wrestling match. It's going to be great. Nice. Um, a lot of local Texas wrestlers and other people coming in out of town to do this um, through his. Uh, there's a nonprofit wrestling organization called Experience Wrestling. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. Great event that's shaping up. So make sure May 21st, UTA, uh, University of Texas at Arlington at noon. It's going to be a noon show. So make sure you go check that out. There's going to be all kinds of just really neat, unique, special wrestling matches. Yeah. That you won't like see. a lot of fun, bro. Yeah, you won't see anywhere else. So um, there's there's going to be a, you know, uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you check that out as well. Um, and, and and check out Jackson and go support him uh, because he does some great stuff. So Yes, he does. You know, uh, that's all I have. Triple D, what about you? Well, you can find me, Dimitri Zerdos, Facebook, which is evil. You can find me, Instagram which is okay. You can find me at Twitter, which is now glorious. <laughs> it is not accessible anymore. As I said, Twitter is at uh, Greek uh, DZ 25. Go follow me there. I'll probably be posting a lot more on Twitter now. Considering the fact that I don't think it's accessible anymore and I'll, and that people won't be blocking me. Well, actually <laughs> will we, and will probably block me if he listens to this. <laughs> Which I'm sure he does if if his, if his name comes up in anything because he's probably uh, really vain about what people think about him. Uh, so <laughs> just he, he's doubling down, man. He's, he's doubling down, man. He's, he's like, doubling down. Just doubling fuck it, down. I'm gonna double down on what we fuck it. Cares. Fuck it, I'm gonna double down because I mean I'm not afraid to say it. And as my phone's ringing in the background, yeah, um, it wasn't just me. It just was no, it just wasn't. Also, too, you can find me dipping donuts. Obviously, dipping donuts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, posting the best pictures of donuts. 
Um, you can find me also at Immortal Championship Wrestling doing commentary with Cody Jenny. Yeah, you we, had a show, what, last week? Right? We had a show last Saturday, uh, Still Smoking, where we had uh, James Storm was the headliner. It was him, Brew Van Slyke, and Garrett Holiday against the Ayatollah Bin Hameen, uh, Blaze Haram, who has been Bin Hameen's new protege. Mm. And uh, the con man, Joey Conway, who's a very, um, he's the con man. I'll, I'll leave it at that. The con, man. That, the con man. He he is a cool dude, but he is the con man. Hmm. So, uh, and it was a great show. Also, too, our women's champion, Kayla Sparks, was on WWE Raw, where she participated in the wedding scene. Yeah. She was the... Very uh, cute girl wearing the pink blazer, the um, pink suit. Yeah. What? Wasn't she supposed to be doing something in Albany uh, on SmackDown too? Yeah, she was supposed to, and she really didn't do anything. But WWE has booked her for a bunch of dates, so fingers crossed. You know, you know that she gets. You know, hopefully, you know that she gets signed and that she yeah. can, you know, pursue a career in WWE, make some money. You know, and. She doesn't have to do this, you know. She loves wrestling. Yeah. But hopefully she can make some money, you know, where she can, you know. Right. If you not... go to if you go to Triple D's uh Facebook page, he posted a story that the local news yeah. did on her. And it's yeah. a really great story. Take time to watch it. It's it's really, really good. They did a great job with it. She has a really great story. So go check it out to find out more about her. It yeah. made me really respect her as a wrestler even more so. Um, you know, and so, she's I mean, been I, through a lot. Yeah, she has. Yeah. She has. She has been through a lot. And uh, right now she is just she's on top and she's loving life. And also, too, if you're in the Rome area on Saturday, you can come meet her at my store. We're going to have a meet and greet, hey. a free meet and greet where you get a chance to meet Kayla Sparks and one half of the Immortal Tag Team Champions, Chip Stenson, hey. who it is a father son tag team that has the Immortal Tag Team Champions, Chip and Shane Stenson, the Stensons. Shane has been wrestling in on on AEW. He's been wrestling on AEW Dark for a while, and Chip um, is a very well known wrestler in the Northeast. Had a lot of big battles with with the late great Brody Lee, um, and has just fought all the top names. And he's friends with a lot of people from a like a lot of like the the old guys at AEW. So mm-hmm. if you're in the Rome area, get a chance come see me. Grab a donut. Take a picture with Kayla and Chip. You know, I mean, they're both just. And maybe Ben Humming might show up and you get a $5 face lap for Probably. Him. Probably. Yeah. I mean, probably, he, yeah. he got, what, number 54 and 55 this past weekend? Yeah, yeah. I, he I saw bad. that. You know? He's been, he's been high. He's been averaging like three, three or four a show now. So, hey, you never know. He might show up. So if you want to get a $5 face lap from the Ayatollah himself, Ben yeah. Humming, yalla. You yalla. can go do that. But yeah. I will, but I I'm just gonna say leave it this. Both are really great people, and to me I'm just I'm just happy that I've had the opportunity to to meet both Chip and Kayla, and to work with them in Immortal. It's just it's been an absolute pleasure. So mm-hmm. if you guys are in the New York area, upstate New York area, coming up, we're gonna have a show in June, and. I don't know if it's going to be June or July. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I have to check it out. But we're bringing – Al Snow should be showing up. So we might be bringing in Al Snow, yes. Mm. So so we'll see. But 
but John, but that's that's enough for me, John. I've I've waxed enough poetically, you know. So let's end this right here. So guys, we'll be back next week. All up in that ass next week, baby, because we're doing this. We'll be back on the weekly train. And uh, you know what? If you guys don't give us an idea, we'll figure it out on our own. So, right, so guys, remember, guys, live long and prosper. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> we'll see y'all next. Is John know something inappropriate with the click on? With the, with the click on hello. Vulcan. No, no, the Vulcan hello. I'm sorry. Jeez, they got me all. got me all messed up. <laughs> but listen, guys. We'll see. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.